take two men that happen to be cousins who share a common codependency on movies, put them in a room, and tell them to talk about anything film-related. The result? A corpulent cornucopia of cinematic scrutiny we call The Finleys on Film. train of thought. My I brother. wouldn't mention a train during this episode. That's a bad idea. <laughs> oh, quite right. Yes. Quite right, sir. <coughs> I should select my topics better. Let's I go. guess so. I guess so. Um, uh, I took a, a class. This just occurred to me. I was at one point a political science major, and yeah. I was really interested in um, the courts, right? Like appeal courts, mm-hmm. appellate courts, and uh, Supreme Court. And there's a good book by Murphy and Pritchard, published in 1983, called Courts, Systems, and Politics, I think. What are they good for? (laughs) Absolutely nothing. Hmm. Um, And it it, it walks you through some uh, some case law, but what it also walks you through is like the relationship between, you know, presidents and governors and and the law and how separate we think they are and how Mm -hmm. separate they are not. Mm -hmm. So like there's there's a a Supreme Court justice, I think it's, I, I swear to God, I think his name was Frankfurter. Okay. It might have been Supreme Court right, Justice actually it was Frankfurter. Jimmy <laughs> oh, the Mr. Hot Dog, you got to comment on this one. <laughs> well, let me tell you something, kid. I rule in favor of spicy mustard. Ah, so got snapped to the casing. <laughs> uh, somebody out there who knows something about the laws, like you, fucking <laughs> dickhead. It was just Frank or Furter or something. I like to think they're beating the shit out of their dashboard. Go on. Um, with a hot dog. So, so um, there was a uh, FDR's like um, famous like court packing case, and it was the idea. And basically, he was just like running roughshod over the law and trying to pack it with only New Deal. FDR, no way. No, no. the guy could walk. By the way, conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so anyway, I mean, I guess what I'm saying is like the idea. Um, that we'd be we'd be sort of disabused of the idea that like there's something noble about the courts, and and in 1957 we have um, Twelve Angry Men, right. which is not the film we're talking about, mm-hmm. but I think that is one that for a long time in the public consciousness in terms of judicial systems and yeah. and cinema. It it was sort of like it sent the wrong message because it sent the grapes of wrath message about about justice right and it was sort of how like inevitable it truly is the lone man who could hold out and change oh, the man, system <laughs> oh how judges like have you ever seen 12 angry men before you sit on my fucking jury well what i really like about <coughs> about today's film uh, which is 1961's judgment at nuremberg yeah. is that it doesn't really shy away from idealism but it, it certainly does not shy away from the realities, right? Real, of po- real poli- politique, po- exactly yeah, of, yeah, of, of the judicial systems as as they would apply in America. Even though it's also about how they apply internationally, because it's the story of the I think 1946 um, uh, Nuremberg. That's well, I, I 46 maybe, but it's like well, for certainly it's in that it's in that time 40, 46, 47 ish. Okay, there. and it's I, I was gonna say the Nuremberg. Trials, but actually, that's something different. That's that's a historical event during the Third Reich, the Nuremberg rally and trials. <laughs> right. So we, we wanna... do think the we we as Americans think of these as the Nuremberg trials. So we'll just call them like the American, like the um, the um, Allied um, powers and their um, judicial role in judging the judges in Nuremberg. It's catchy. Rolls right off the tongue. Right I feel. off the tongue. Right. Now understand this is this is representative of a number of different trials that were happening at this time period. Right. This is just one of them. This was the judging of judges. Right. So that kind of gives it its extra 
Yeah. It gives it that extra sort of like that, that worship of the law thing that we, I think we all should have and we sort of don't sometimes. I don't know. Well, who's going to judge the judges that judge the judges, <laughs> man? Fuck yeah, <laughs> And if you look at your finger now, you're like, is that the universe, man? And is that, Maybe. And who's the judge of that? Is that Rusty Wallace on the outside asking the Nazis how they feel about their loss? <laughs> well, the courts have ruled against you. <laughs> God help us all. All right, but still, it's fucking, yeah, it's really, it, it is It is what lends it that fascination, that okay. extra jump. And it's it's got. You can look at Nazis and just go monsters. It's easy to do. Oh well, we'll get into that. Yeah. Sure. Um, but but <coughs> it's. I mean, it's a historical drama, right? So mm-hmm. it's it's. Um, uh, let's say fourteen to fifteen years after the actual events. So not that much time has gone by. Right. You um, mean the filming of the movie, not when it's taking place. Sorry. Yeah. The the, the, the reenactment. Here, right. right. Of course. Um, and and so we'll start with this idea that that Stanley Kramer, the director, who also had done the previous year um inherit the wind right with spencer tracy got this all-star cast together and it's like mm-hmm. um it's sort of akin to the longest day the longest day was was put mm. out i think the year after this and it was also this all-star cast and it had the same concept that you'd get all these people who felt like the uh, the historical film was so important, uh, important yeah. that they would reduce their salaries Everyone except John Wayne in The Longest Day, who was <laughs> furious and, and got and demanded 10 times the salary of everyone else, literally. Really? But, awesome. but this is one Thanks, where, Duke. where you had these major stars in Judgment Huge, of Nuremberg. Great fucking who, yeah. Aside from Spencer Tracy, who got like a deserved, you know, he's the star of the film right, and got right. the, the, the most salary, whatever he, he called for. All these stars um, who could who could have um, um, you know called for a lot of money, contracted for a lot of money, worked for basically free. Yeah, uh, on but this film for very small amounts for sure. So so we're talking about Burt Lancaster. Burt Lancaster. We're talking about Maximilian Schell. Now Maximilian Schell was also kind of a new actor, and he had actually done that role on the stage play ah. version of Judgment and Nuremberg. So he was doing it there and here. It was the old Shell game. <laughs> It was shell game to the max, my friend. Nice. Wow. So um, was, Richard Widmark, of course. Richard Widmark. We talked Montgomery about Cliff. Old Monty Clift himself. Mm. Mm, that's, that's good, good homosexuality. Monty. And speaking of homosexual, William Shatner. And speaking a of baby, homosexual a, icon, the baby Judy William Garland. Shatner. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Marlena Dietrich. By the way, this this remains, yeah. this is a, a, this a is sad like, fact, one of the only Marlena Dietrich films I've ever seen, which mm. is not a classic, as I understand it, Marlena Dietrich film. No, no. Um, uh, other people. I know. I'm, I, a lot I of peeps. The, a lot of peeps. Verna Klempot. <coughs> we're talking about Who I love Colonel always. Klink yeah. from Hogan's Heroes. Mm-hmm. All good things, Hogan. Yes. Shadner. Sh- <laughs> <laughs> sabotage. You say sabotage. I say sabotage. Anyway, so so um, 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 Spencer Tracy <coughs> plays um, uh, an appellate court judge from Maine, right? Who's there as part of the tribunal? The tribunal. Right. So three. It's a three judge panel mm-hmm. to judge the judges. To judge the judges. Yeah. And it's very clear, by the way, that that he wasn't he, even like this sort of like a first choice. But he was a politically sort of safe choice. Yeah, he would make a a, a, a a decision with integrity, but would be led to understand eventually. They hoped he would that this what had to happen. Right, it was going to be a trial. Yeah, and not exactly a kangaroo trial. Yeah, but it was going to be like a wallaby trial. A very good. Yeah, not quite kangaroos. Full, not full. Kangaroos. No, no, we got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hoppity, hop, We're gonna go Tommy. full wallaby on this one, baby. I mean, look. What do you think? I mean, Eichmann. Uh, uh, that's more of. 
that's more kangarooish. I mean, understandably kangarooish. Oh, Eichmann? Yeah. In Israel? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would say that's a kangaroo. I mean, that is purely a <laughs> show trial. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. I have no problem with it, by the way. Oh, <laughs> Whatsoever. Oh, please. No, absolutely. Yeah. No. Well, somebody needed an answer for some of that stuff. Yeah. Oh, sure. Some people said they needed glasses, but I say, Nazi? Not true. Oh, uh, no. Sorry. I, love to, I just love the fact that your soul is going to hell with mine. All right. Mm-hmm. Anyways. With so, mustard. So, um, but, uh, but you know, Eichmann, uh, but certainly uh, like, uh, well, you know, Hess and Spear and all those fuckers. Yeah. All those fuckers, like the big ones. But these were like the judges going on trial here. Right. Sorry. For their essentially, basically running kangaroo courts during the Nazi regime. Well, they were, I mean, could might you say that they were one of the three or four biggest cogs in in the Nazi machinery that allowed this to happen. The thing about the Nazis, the thing about the Nazis to remember is the Nazis were geniuses at legitimizing yeah. what they wanted to to achieve. I'm so they found that way. last part out. What's that? <laughs> Isolate the part where Tom calls them geniuses. Yeah, they were the best ever. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, no, but they were they were they were geniuses at legitimizing their aims within the framework of society. So, okay, you're a judge. Now, meanwhile, okay, you don't have judges by by definition don't have anything to do with how a law gets passed. You assume that a judge's law, a judge's job, this is this is the basis of what's going on here, is to enforce the law that was passed in this case by a bunch of fucking Nazis well, to inter- who want to kill people to interpret and enforce, right? Right, absolutely. Yeah. So your job as a judge is to interpret that. Now, do you yeah. hold them responsible to that, or do you hold them responsible to the larger concept of justice? And that's the fundamental question of this movie. Well, justice and humanity. Because what, what ju- that justice goes with is it, contextually right? applied, right? Whereas <laughs> humanity might be sort of universally implied. <laughs> okay. And 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 one of the the big issues here is that um, there really isn't historically any sort of conflict there because we're not talking about judges who were even uh, uh, interpreting the law with a sort of regularity or integrity mm-hmm. that hap- that was that was expected of them before the third reich came in they were breaking the laws themselves yes so so on that level like they were of course they were acting ag- against humanity yeah of course they were acting against a larger sense of justice but you couldn't even say they were doing it in in the act of holding up the german laws because they were not right and so that's sort of where it becomes sort of interesting because you know you have um, these two judges under Spencer Tracy. Spencer mm-hmm. is the lead judge, if you will. Right. Um, and and Tracy is is more methodical, and and wants to look at all aspects. He wants to slow down and look at 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 the judiciousness of the situation, right. slowly and carefully. Mm-hmm. But he also wants to separately, but just as slowly, look at the humanity. Right. And the two judges underneath him want to look at just the mechanisms of justice right. and precedent as they apply in a courtroom mm-hmm. and lacking the desire to look at the larger humanistic aspect, mm-hmm. what fills that void is the politics. They're more easily swayed by the politics well, of the situation. That's the other thing, too, because this is not happening in a vacuum. This is happening in the real politique of West Germany at this particular time. The, during during the, during this movie, supposedly, that's when the Berlin blockade comes into effect. One of the oh, things is we weren't, we weren't out of World War II before we were arming for our next conflict with fucking Russia. All right, and part of one of, one of the lynch sure of preparing for this potential conflict with Russia had always involved re-getting Germany. We're going to need friends. We're going to rearm these motherfuckers yeah, yeah. and make them our front line. Right. That was important. And in order to do that, 
how much cooperation are you going to get from a people when you're like telling them that the judges are scumbags and all this kind of stuff? Which so, they may know in their hearts, but they still you need to. They recognize. just don't want to hear it anymore. They're fucking done hearing that they're garbage people. Well, because we'll get to this part of the, of, of the speech, um, but but the um, mother the Treaty of Versailles uh, mm-hmm. after World War One is I mean it's it's oftentimes seen as a. Um, uh, not a justification, mm-hmm. but a an observation as to how this happens. Right, yes. you get World War One, mm-hmm. you get an economy that's defeated in Germany in the twenties, where it isn't defeated elsewhere in the world. You have winning nations saying, "Here's what your borders will be. Here's what your armies will be. Here's what your economy will be," right. and this allows Hitler to sort of come into power. Sufficiently terrified people take on a, a leader who is uh, out of his fucking tits yeah. and is completely. Um, it, he's he's uh, he's the leader of the everyman. And he's then you telling have, everybody what they want to hear. Thank God we don't have that problem ever. <sighs> and then you have Sorry, a, we, someone we to blame. No, I got you. But, but and we'll get back to that maybe too. But the point is, like the 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 historical figures, but also the figures in this film representing that history yeah. are are acutely aware that they don't want anything like the the situation following the Treaty of Versailles yeah. to happen, even yeah. in in a in a micro level here with these judges. Right. And the great Maximilian Shell, who really blows the lid off this he steals fucker. great hair. He steals the fuck out of this movie. Oh, he's, good. he's amazing. Mm-mm-mm. He is the German defense lawyer and he's not letting fucking anybody off of the hook. No, he isn't. He isn't. He's given it this this didn't happen in a vacuum. This happened in this is the context in which it happened. And if you want to feel fucking super proud of yourself America check it out you guys are the first you guys were the first people to come up with eugenics laws we copied you yeah I mean he really doesn't let anybody off the hook on this one now, he isn't necessarily successful as a defense lawyer yeah. as far as getting anybody off but he really fucking drives the point home he's a great he's fascinating character. yeah I mean what's great about this film is is <clears throat> take him for instance it's a film that you can watch in its entirety but I also think it's a film that you can sort of like um, cherry pick Mm. Interesting sort of history and humanities lessons from yeah you know I, I mean as a teacher I could pick ten minute speeches out of this film and mm. teach them uh, independent of the film itself right as Gen- as argument or right. as rhetoric or as you know whatever I'm gonna say Inherit the Wind is exactly is a similar movie I would say um, I would say this that Inherit the Wind good call the comparison same director mm-hmm. same star yeah. I would say that Inherit the Wind is, to my knowledge, a little less historically accurate. Mm-hmm. That doesn't go against your point, but I would say this. it's It tries to fill that vacuum with more Hollywoodisms. Uh, yeah, okay. You know, there's little side stories enough, and yeah. love stories and, you know, right. quirky behaviors. H.L. Mencken wasn't that cute by any stretch of the imagination. No, and H.L. Mencken was really smart, and but he was more of an asshole <coughs> even than they yeah. allow in yeah. that film. So, yeah, I mean, but then again, there may be just, that may be culturally more of an observation that we can make mm-hmm. as Americans mm-hmm. than we can about Nuremberg in 1947. And, yeah. There was a, a remake of this with Alec Baldwin, by the way, in the 90s, which was net Good. Good golly. Really? <laughs> Who did he play? He played the Maximilian Schell part. Uh, no, 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 no. He played no. the Richard Widmark part. I apologize. Oh, okay, God. Help us. All right, well, great. no, same thing. Maximilian Schell played the Maximilian Schell part. This is That's right. That would be awesome. He's like yeah. 89. <laughs> <laughs> I was right then. I'm right now. So let's take all these characters. So it's like, you know, you have. We've talked about. Um, we've talked about Spencer Tracy, and you know, Spencer Tracy also has this this sort of complex role as the lead judge in the chain in the courtroom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then he also is an American 
living in post-war Germany. Right. And meanwhile, Marlena Dietrich wants some of that chocolate. She wants to knock them boots there or something like that. Uh, are you making like a chocolate and nylons reference or yeah, something? Basically, yeah, basically. Wow. She's making a little bit of a move on our Spencer well, Tracy. There has to be a love interest, and she's not entirely unselfish on But I don't part. think it's... See, it's not a superfluous love interest, though. Because, okay, so Spencer Tracy, like, he, he has this relationship with... Um, with the housekeeper and butler who are left over from the the general who who used to live in the house, right? right? right. So it's the classic thing, right? You give you give over the the important officers' houses to the new the conqueror, right? Right. And 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 even though he's a judge, he is the conqueror. So he's the American living in that house, and it's like he has this relationship, and it's, it's like one of four still standing in Berlin. Yeah, well, in Nuremberg. So so right, right. you know, and of course, it's that classic thing, you know, the butler and 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 the cook. Like we didn't know, we had no idea, and yes. it's like he's like you're full of shit. Of yeah. course you are, but yeah. I, it, the way he approaches them, it's like this sort of like no. he doesn't attack. He's just trying to sort of take it in. And he's also shit, but bring me my schnitzel, damn it! And and that's a nice sort of ramp up to his relationship with Marlena Dietrich right. because she is the wife of the dead general who was hung, whose house Spencer Tracy is now living in right. as the visiting judge. And I don't think that their interest between them is disingenuous. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think she appreciates the intelligence of this guy the way that she did her husband. Oh, right, right, right. And he appreciates you know her what she is in life, intelligent and beautiful, even as an older, but. You know, there's that tension. Is he, is he going to do the right thing right. in her mind, which is to like set Germany back and, and give me some sort of resolve for my, my husband who was hung for these horrific crimes he did as a general? Yeah. Or the right thing in terms of like humanity, which is not the right thing for us. Right. And being German, she's still on the side of her husband yep. doing what he was told like a good German. That's that, yeah, you're, yeah, you're, yeah. that's just a part of the fucking of the goulash. Man. Well, There's no way around that. It's the classic that's the whole the Stanley Milgram experiment, right? Like right. The, the will you do what the authority tells you to do? Right, right. Which the, is the, a huge was part it of Milai or my lay, I don't know how to say that. What? From the Vietnam War. Oh, I don't Lieutenant know. Lieutenant Cali. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, sounds familiar. What is it? Oh, well, it, it was uh, it was this uh, village uh, in Vietnam that this uh, Lieutenant Cali uh, was the was the head of them. They were doing a patrol through there, and he, they burned it to the fucking ground. It's like what, it was like one of the first big atrocities that made the headline back in the United States. Hmm. And so they went after him, and then su- subsequent to that, the United States military has has basically said it is illegal to do something illegal. His wife, I remember, fucking, tried to divorce him, clear. and then they asked her if she would would uh, consider not divorcing him, and she said, "I'm going back to Cali, Cali, Cali." Yeah, yeah. all right. It's Joe. a rap reference from the eighties. Yes, I, that was right. relevant. Is it? Wow, <laughs> that was some funky Cole Medina. Now coming back to us, ladies and gentlemen, a little hit from nineteen eighty-seven. You're going to love. <laughs> Fuck you. All right, let's go on. Okay, so so, so but but the other there's also ahead. there's all these witnesses that get called in during this 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 uh, this trial, right? And they're 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 where everyone gets to shine. That's where all the other oh, actors yeah. pop in and. Do some, are, some of them do some of their best acting in decades. I well, think. so classically, the one our friend Doug Cox always points to, and it's 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 a great sort of Hollywood story here is mm-hmm. is um, oh Monty Montgomery Clift. Mm-hmm. Now Montgomery Clift, who was going through essentially the DTEs. I mean, oh. Montgomery was a fucking horrible alcoholic. Yeah, he was, and and he'd also been in an, an auto accident at this point, right? Uh, he'd had a few really in Raintree County. So after, <laughs> so so he he yeah he tried to kill himself while making that movie. Well, no, I'm sorry, but uh, I'm just with saying, a hot dog. Well, uh, Colonel Mustard <laughs> in the library. Anyways, uh, but when was, uh, but um, but yeah, he was just a wreck of a human a total being. Total wreck. At this point. But here's and the thing: his character is like a is a wreck. 
Is it, well, he's a, he's a a mentally <coughs> retarded man who yeah. who was ca- who was ca- sterilized, right? Uh, by order of the judges, and so he's called again as a witness to say, like, what what is the situation? Like, why were you sterilized? Right. And it was because he was feeble minded. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's this great like thing. he couldn't do like he couldn't put together a sentence out of hair hail. Hair field, no, um, hair hunter. Sounds and like field. you're feeble minded yourself, yeah. Tommy. Hair hunter, because first off, we know that's hair X. <gasps> I'd sterilize you if it <laughs> weren't redundant. It's hair X. We can't have that be uh, gender specific. Oh, I got you. So, so <laughs> dueling idiots trying to tell stupid jokes. <laughs> nee, 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 nee. <laughs> so, so, um, but Max, enter Maximilian Shell because you have the audience's sympathy. Like, this poor <coughs> retarded man, he's a wreck. He's had this horrific thing done to him. For what reason? And Maximilian Shell wants to sort of say that was the law yeah. the judges were doing their job you don't like it but right. they were doing the jobs and you mentioned before who who set the precedent for this oliver wendell holmes oliver fucking wendell holmes from your country one of our greatest jurists right yeah 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 wow. yeah so so there's them there's also um uh, i want to say the hofstetter case or something it was but Julie, it's it's, uh, it's judy garland judy garland yeah who who is now uh, the nuremberg laws one of the things about the nuremberg laws was that you couldn't you couldn't fuck uh, outside of your race right you couldn't touch or yeah. kiss or right. hold hands with let alone finger I think fingering was a bylaw that was allowed, okay. actually. <laughs> Great moments and us going to hell, everybody. <laughs> Jurisprudence so. history. The fingering clause oh of Nuremberg, nineteen forty two. Oh, please take me away. It was a gas. So so oh, Judy Garland Oh god damn you. That was you, Tom. Okay. Um so Judy Garland is also like along the lines of Montgomery Cliff, like Judy Garland at this point had a serious fucking like uh, opioid or some sort of oh, pill yeah, addiction. Yeah, she yeah, was a disaster. In fact, if you ever like track down on YouTube some of the, her last interviews where she talks about like the queers and her fans, and she's just so out of her mind. I, would, I, I saw this one thing, and it was like the Judy Garland show. It was one of those like specials yeah. from the seventies. Barbara Streisand was on it, and she was there, and you could see her fucking eyeballs dilating at oh, different speeds yeah. and different widths. It was crazy so, how high she was. So her role that. is is to sort of be a, a woman who's like maybe. 30, yeah. but who, when she was 16, had been friends with a, 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 a Jew. A Jewish person. And and Ooh. the Jew had been killed for yeah. being too friendly. Or like, there's the implication <coughs> that he'd had a sexual relationship with right. her. Which, by right. the way... As an, old, not a, an older Jewish person But well. by the way, as you're watching it, you're saying to yourself, wait... Why would you nail that? You took the words oh, right out of my... Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. No, no. You're, you're watching it, and, and you're sometimes forgetting, like, eh, yeah, and if he had been sleeping with her, like, mm-hmm. like what the fuck? But it's like, you're, you're so sort of taken in with, like, how restrictive the law... I don't know if you do this when you watch, like, like films about like, the Third Reich. You, you pretend, like, how you'd... <laughs> sur- that go well. How you'd survive in them. Oh, yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. what, what turns... And you, you, you sort of forget after a while, like, oh, wait, humanity... Right. None of this should matter. Yeah, right. I, I'm just bringing it to the because she does. She plays it so well as someone who's like trying to sort of like hide the shame she still has that anyone would have of mm. being accused of sleeping with someone you hadn't. Right. Especially an older man who was yeah. just nice to you. Right. And then you have Maximilian Shell again coming in and saying, "Well, did the old Jew kiss you? That was a law, you know." And yeah. it's sort of like, yep. oh, oh, he's so good. So and he's such hard. a bastard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, so you have that, and then of course, to me, like the the best sort of like 
eight minutes of the film <coughs> is Burt Lancaster. Is Burt Lancaster yeah. as Ernst Yanni. Ernst Yanni. Who's who's of of the four judges on trial, he's including the most Colonel respected Klink, and respectable. He's written you know a case law that's yeah. been followed all around the world. Yeah. Um, and he finally He's has like an his... Oliver Wendell Holmes for Germany at the wrong place at the wrong yeah. time. Yeah, and and he he's he he falls apart finally, or yeah. he comes to his senses, you might say, mm. and and just sort of comes clean. Yeah, which is to say, listen, I'm going to tell you what happened, which is basically the, the Treaty of Versailles thing we mentioned before. Yeah, um, and I'm going to tell you why things happen the way they happen, mm-hmm. but we can't excuse ourselves. Right. There was a fever. There was a fever <laughs> across the land. And, and, and this is why we did it. God, I'm shutting up. Please. No, no, I can't do it. Um, uh, is this a rectal thermometer joke? Yeah, well, no. But, wow, no. Uh-uh. Okay. Go on. Okay. Um, um, Please. But, but, you know, and, and in a way, he is trying a little bit to excuse himself while he's saying it's unexcusable, yeah, while he's, right. he's outing himself. Yeah. So it's not quite as clean as you'd, you'd hope it to be. He's giving a reason trying to say it's not an alibi but reason and alibi basically but, are, they are the same thing but it, yeah and it, it, what time. it becomes is interestingly for for moments or for minutes at a time it becomes a film that's really between Spencer Tracy's character and Ernst Lang, <coughs> the two these two judges yeah. one of whom was a great sort of jurisprudence scholar that's yeah. Ernst Yawning mm-hmm. Burt Lancaster and one who is just a, a competent judge but yeah. a better man right Right, right? Mm-hmm. and and what they're going to do with each other, and and so I think that becomes an interesting part of the film. By the yeah. way, I forgot we went into that whole thing about about Judy Garland. The thing about Montgomery Clift was he's going through the, these DTs and oh, these shakes, yeah. right? And and Spencer Tracy said off camera because Spencer Tracy had, had the, a lot of experience in this. Area. Oh, was he a fucking booze hound? <laughs> was he a juicer? Yep. Um, and so, so Spencer he put Tra- the Jew in the juicer, <laughs> into a juicer. So Spencer Tracy, um, he had this weird sort of thing. He never got sober. What he did, I read his his uh, autobiography or his mm. biography, and and it was that um, he allowed himself one good Dutch beer for a day for right. like the last twenty years of his life. Uh, but but going from a guy like who a would Dutch like shut beer himself is like what three gallons? Maybe with, yeah. It's like it's like an Arrowhead thing. <laughs> beer. <laughs> but but um but it's like you know he was known in the thirties as a guy who would like shut himself in a hotel room with a case of bourbon. Like he just this fucking uh, disaster. I had that dream. So so here he is off camera, basically sober in, in his world anyway, mm-hmm. and basically telling Montgomery Cliff, just look into my eyes. <laughs> right. If you can focus on me off camera, I'll walk you through it yeah. and what you have is montgomery cliff doing like the ultimate in method acting yeah because he could not look fucking crazier if he tried no absolutely wonderful not. yeah 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 no he totally yeah he, he inhabited that that sorry sad ass character something fierce it was really yeah it, it is like i said this is some of the best acting some of these actors maybe ever did yeah. certainly some of them in decades and richard, Wood, richard, richard Woodmark is great he's always competent yeah, but he was in you know we did this episode on uh, uh richard Woodmark, and it was like the last film we did in that episode 1957's time limit this is more of the time limit you know 1957 this, this is, is 1961 yeah, we're, talking, where we're he's entering a serious we've entered into like the presidential Woodmark. <laughs> presidential Woodmark. right he started off being a, being a very good character actor yeah. who could just pull some really scary wicked weird shit yeah but later on he just like i said i could tell him the heston light He's the presidential Widmark. He just moves up and becomes incredibly respectable. At that point, he's playing he's playing top brass all the way. So then, this film also has a personal history for you and I because, and yeah. I'd say more you than I. But it's one of three films, or maybe four films, that Finley number one, your father would watch. <coughs> 
like on a continual loop. Oh boy, would he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which speaks to he, some sort of depression, I think. Particularly as he went sort of, you know, uh, as he got wackier over the years, yeah. this became much more of a thing. There was a couple. This is the killing is another one, uh, no. which is oddly. Either one of these, but it's like I, I gotta give Pops credit, man. Even when he was doing this, like just like rewatching movies, like some kind of a, you know, like a Nazi, like a lunatic, yes. like a madman, you sure. know, like um, like an Ernest Yawning, like an Ernest Yawning, or something like that. Anyways, he'd still pick good movies to do that with. Oh, sure. So that uh, God bless him on that one. Yeah. Not all, not all of them were great. In Love and War, not a great movie, but uh, that was another. The one Robert Wagner one, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think he just loved it because he liked movies with San Francisco in it. That's mm-hmm. a very SF movie. Mm-hmm. Anyways, yeah. So, yeah, I do. I like, I love this movie from way back. Yeah. Uh, I'm happy to say that even though I didn't understand it when I first saw it, because how could I have fucking understood totally. it as a seven or eight year old or something oh. like that? <laughs> <laughs> they're bad. Are these the guys from Hogan's Heroes just on a different screen? I had no fucking idea. But now, you know, the subtle nuances I get now, and it's fucking a great movie. It really is a great yeah, movie. Yeah, it is great. Yeah. And what do you think? What's your take? A real thumbs down. <laughs> I hate this movie, Tom. Ah, it's it's so no. it's so apologetic. Yeah, no, it's it is. Um, I it's I wouldn't say flawless. I mean, no. there are moments. Um, it's got, it's, it's got like, William Shatner. In it well, I was going to say actually, it's the only time I've ever seen William Shatner <coughs> act well. Yeah, he's a good actor. He's just being a normal human. Yeah, it's very unusual for him. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Hmm. Um, but. Um, I can't point to anything. I wish you would just, uh, you could smack more furniture, by the way. There you go. Yeah, Thanks, buddy. That. Ooh, we're not getting enough of that so on here. So nasty. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Okay, go ahead. Um, I, I couldn't point to anything that you should cut out, um, but it, it feels like a, a, a an A-minus film. Like, A-minus a, like film? a 93% or something. You know, it's it's near perfect, but it's... It, it's got some flaws. It's got yeah, a couple definitely. of flaws in it, and probably the, the, the one I would point to is um, Tracy and uh, Marley Dietrich's relationship is explained it's interesting it's just dragged out a little yeah. too and, and it's really much. Un- it's, uh, it's kind of utterly unnecessary yeah. they could have gotten that a different way and there's it's another same. point where like i don't know it might make a good film right. but but since it's so historical mm, and that's that um when they come to the conclusion at the end and tracy visits um burt lancaster it's a great piece of literature. It's a great piece of screenwriting, mm. but there's, because it's attached to history, there's a part of it that I don't really like. It came to that the moment you sentenced to death a man you knew was innocent. Yeah, because Ernest Yawning wants the respect yeah. of, and it's like I I think that he res, he <coughs> could have respected him, yeah. but he wouldn't have wanted the respect that explicitly. Yeah, yeah. And um, that's it, though. I mean, it's a fucking good Go see movie. It. It's a great movie. Go it's subtler than it. you, most of you are used to, but please, let's let's get movies like this back again and go watch this fucking movie, would you? And bang on some furniture. That's a, that's a set. Yeah, I'd be getting mad there, isn't it? Sorry. No, no problem. All right. Enough of that. Enough of that. <laughs> All right, man. All right. Thank you for listening to us, you sorry bastards.